The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbiter? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. Then I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and the things that you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What are you made for? What are you made for? What is our purpose meaning? Or I'd like to kind of use the word end. What is our end? What are we made for? What's the end that we're made for? This kind of inquiry uh, or kind of the, the Greek term for it is telos. What is the end of something? And we think about it in humanity, uh, but we also think about it and we see it in, that's true in many other things. Uh, one example might be uh, this book here. What is the end of this book? What is the purpose of this book? Well, it could be used as fire, right? You could use it for kindling, pull the pages and burn it, right? But that's not what it was made for. It can sit on a shelf for years and years, but that's not what it's made for. It's made to be used, to be read, right? And so that's what the end is. And so it is properly kind of fulfilling its purpose, its end, when it's not just sitting on a shelf, not just used uh, for kindling, but when it's read, right? We also see this microphone, right? What is this microphone used for? Well, it's used to project the voice, right? It could be used, I could try to use it as a straw, like tear it apart and everything else, and, but that's not what it's made for, right? I have a phone, right? I can use the phone as a weapon to throw at people, but it's a very expensive you know, weapon, right? Uh, it, it can do that, but it's not made for that. Well, for humans, we ourselves have an end, a purpose that we're made for. And we can do other things with ourselves, but that's not what we're made for, right? And a lot of the times, like the phone, we can use it as a weapon, but that's not, again, what it's made for. That's not the purpose, and it often is an abuse of the actual object itself. And so for ourselves, this is an important question because I believe that when we know what our end is, what our telos, what our purpose is, that is where we actually find happiness. 
That's where we find our purpose and meaning. Not in just ascribe whatever we force ourselves to do in this, in this modern world which wants to assert its dominance upon the world and say, well, whatever is good, whatever I think is good is good, which is the sin of Adam and Eve. But no, we want to fulfill what God has actually made us for. And so what's our end? Well, our end is ultimately God, ultimately heaven. And I'll, I'll say it in a different way. Ultimately, we're made from love and for love, right? So when we properly fulfill our purpose, it's not in our economic development, our wisdom, our possession, or even at times, right, uh, even good things that we do with those, but ultimately when it's when we love, when we will the good of another, when we use our talents, what God has given us, to be able to fulfill that end, that's actually where our purpose and meaning and our happiness reside. A lot of this time, the world wants to say, well, you know, do whatever makes you happy. Or even sometimes, in the best sense possible, you know, we think about it with those that we love. Well, I just want you to be happy. Unfortunately, a lot of the times that happiness that we ascribe means do whatever you feel like. You know, it's not a happiness of truth, of end, of talos. It's a happiness of whatever you feel like. And we see that this is a disordered kind of understanding of love or happiness because, again, if we did this with children, which unfortunately sometimes does happen to children, um, but that we just say, well, what do you want to do, right? Well, I want to eat ice cream and cake all day and watch TV, right? That's, that's what a kid wants to do, but that's not what they're made for, right? And we actually see that sometimes with them doing what they want to do or what they think will make them happy sometimes actually brings a greater destruction upon their life. And so actually children aren't made to watch TV and eat ice cream and cake. That's not actually what gives them happiness. Now, I would say adults do the same exact thing in different ways. We sometimes pursue uh, money or possessions, or I'll say a little bit more tricky. We sometimes pursue experiences or even the good of security, um, and we pursue those things for our happiness. But that's not ultimately what we're made for. We're not made for security. We're not made for possessions. We're not made for experiences, although those things are good. That's not what we're made for. That's not what gives us ultimate happiness in the midst of our lives. It comes from something more. Now, for myself, I got to experience a little bit of this uh, in, a, in a profound way when I was in college. I, for my goals in college, I think I've mentioned this before, uh, but was to get married, have some kids, uh, but also uh, to make a lot of money and retire as early as possible. You know? And that's what I was kind of pursuing in college. Um, and so one of the things I was about to get a loan for like $35,000 at 0.2% interest uh, that I was going to be able to take out. And so I wanted to invite, invest that in stocks and to be able to make money, again, for the purpose in the end of making as much money as possible so that I could retire as early as possible. And my parents lent me $1,000 to be able to kind of try with the stock market. And uh, I was able to leverage some of it with calls and puts, uh, if you know anything about uh, stocks. Um, 
which kind of helps leverage the money a little bit more. And I was a quantitative economics major and trying to figure out these things and read books and stuff. And I took actually $200 of that, that thousand and within a week I made $2,000. Now, this is exactly what I was pursuing, right? I was like, yes, I figured it out. I'm going to have so much money. And you'd think that that, you know, I was finally achieving what the end, my goal, my purpose was in kind of life. And it was the worst week of my life. It was the worst week that I had ever experienced because the only thing I could think about was money and stocks. This is the only thing. I couldn't think about anything else. And it consumed me to such a degree that it was a hellish-like experience that actually forced me to get completely out. I actually haven't done anything with stocks, you know, other than, you know, retirement or whatnot, you know, just putting it in and whatever. But I'm like, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that. That actually kind of in some ways took me over, right? C.S. Lewis has an interesting kind of uh, view of C.S. Lewis, uh, who wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, and wrote uh, about Christianity in lots of different ways. He has this book called The Great Divorce, which gives kind of an image of heaven and hell. It's kind of a fanciful idea of it, um, but I think it, it strikes at some truths. And one of the things that he says, or that he kind of explains in The Great Divorce, is that when you die, you get exactly what you want, okay? So God gives you exactly what you want. But kind of like kids with ice cream and, you know, cake and TV, uh, you get exactly what you want, but it, 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 it can be when we only get what we want, it can be a hellish-like existence. It can be like me getting money the way that I wanted to, but a hellish-like existence. C.S. Lewis has Napoleon Bonaparte uh, miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away, thousands of miles away from everybody else, building a mansion that he builds more and more rooms every single minute of the day, and he can't sleep, and he continues to go farther away from people and continues to build more and more to this mansion. And he gets exactly what he wants. But of course, he is the most miserable of all creatures. And so he talks about the experience of trying to go to heaven which is ultimately to let go of all those attachments and things that we want and to be towards the end of what we are made, which is out of love and for love, for God. That God has created this material world and good things for our good, but not for our end, right? Our money, security, our possessions, our experiences are not what we are made for ultimately. And whenever we treat them as our ends, we become disordered in our life. The first reading of the gospel today is giving us a wisdom. It's reminding us that we are not made for the vanities of this world. We're not made for money. We're not made for success, security, or even health or honor. But those are good things, but they are not our ultimate end. And so I'd like us to kind of think about that and do a little bit of a thought experience to see how kind of attached we are at times to certain things. What about if you lost your job? What would that do to your life? Would it ruin you? Would it ruin your happiness? What about if you lost your retirement? your money, 
would that ruin your life and your ability to be happy? What about if you lost your house and you were out on the street or living in a car? Would that all of a sudden ruin your entire life? Would you say life would no longer be worth living? Would that ruin your ability to be happy? Or I think even harder is what about if we lost our health? What about if we got cancer? What about if we had a terminal, uh, yeah, terminal, terminal illness, right? Would we all of a sudden say life isn't worth living anymore? My humanity is gone. My life is gone. Or would we be able to say with a faith, with hope, with love, to be able to say that my life isn't made for this world. But I can still, no matter what the circumstance is, love those around me, right? No matter the circumstance. A lot of the times we, again, ascribe it to these other things, these possessions, these vanities of the world, which, again, I want to say is good. I don't expect you all to give away all of your wealth and go live out on the streets. You know, special saints did that, but uh, that's not all of us. Not all of us are called to that right now, right? But are we attached to our wealth and our comfort and our security in such a way that actually prevents us from being able to encounter God and to experience the true happiness in the end for which we are made? That is a question that we need to constantly think about. Because as long as we are attached to the possessions and the things of this world that we are not made for, we will continue to, in some ways, uh, destroy our happiness or our ability to be truly free for the ends in which God has made us, which is out of love and for love. I'd like to finish uh, with... Today is the feast day of St. Ignatius of Loyola, and uh, an amazing saint. And he, uh, there's a little bit in the uh, bulletin about him. And I'd like to read one of his kind of foundational. It's called The First Principle and Foundation. And it starts the spiritual exercise, and it's meant to be, again, the first principle, kind of what everything is boiled down to in the spiritual life that you need to kind of be able to know and assert to be able to build up anything in the spiritual life, to build up that foundation of our entire life. And I'd like to read this to you and kind of close with that uh, for our kind of continued prayer and meditation here as we come before the Lord, seeking his love, seeking what we are truly made for and to truly understand who God is and who we ourselves are as well. And so the first principle and foundation. God created human beings to praise, reverence, and serve God and by doing this to save their souls. God created all other things on the face of the earth to help fulfill this purpose. From this, it follows that we are to use the things of this world only to the extent that they help us to this end, and we ought to rid ourselves of the things of this world to the extent that they get in the way of this end. For this, it is necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things as much as we are able so that we do not necessarily want health rather than sickness, riches rather than poverty, honor rather than dishonor, a long rather than a short life, and so on and all the rest, so that we ultimately desire and choose only what is most conducive 
for, for us to the end for which God has created us.